appreciate that, that good singing tonight. If you have your Bibles, turn back to Ephesians chapter 2. You've left your bulletin in your uh, Bible this morning. It's probably in that same spot. So, uh, Continuing on with, uh, we've talked about the first ten verses this morning. We're going to talk about the last uh, twelve tonight. And uh, about just can't hide it. And, uh, you know, isn't it wonderful to know that when the Lord changes you, He gets a hold of you and He makes you new, uh, He makes you completely new. And the old has passed, all things have become new. That is a wonderful truth. And as we talked about this morning, that uh, Christ died for all the whosoevers in the world, including me and including you. Uh, and I'm so thankful uh, for that. So let's pick up beginning in verse uh, number 11. Ephesians chapter 2, it says, Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at uh, that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off, have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. For he himself is our peace. He who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enemy, that is the law of the commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death uh, the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together rose into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. What a... Um, great reminder from the Apostle Paul uh, about what we have as God's children. When God uh, changes us and makes us new, he does that in a very real way here and now. Uh, not just in heaven uh, for the future someday yonder, um, but in the here and now that God intends for there to be a change and a difference and to know that, listen, we don't know uh, God by distance. Why we can know Him personally and up close, and that He knows everything about us—the good, the bad, and the ugly—and yet He loves us. He loves us so much that He sent His Son to die for us, and that really is great news. Uh, and so Paul mentions three things in these last few verses of this chapter to remind us that, listen, if you're going to be a child, of, you can't hide it. 
And why would you want to? And the first thing that he says is that when we uh, are in Christ, the first benefit, the first thing that he mentions here in uh, these verses, 11 through 22, is we've got a new peace. He said, listen, you once were far off from God. And there was a time he mentioned, remember, for the uh, Jews in Jesus' day in the first century uh, and beyond, that they saw two kinds of people. There were Jews and everybody else. If you weren't a Jew, you were a Gentile. And it was not good to be a Gentile. Uh, And that, of course, was not the way God ever intended for it to be. The Jews were... Uh, God chose the nation of Israel and kind of separated them out to be a light to the rest of the world. They were supposed to be God's army to the, to the rest of the world to tell them about God's love and God's offer of salvation, but they became a, a little clique, and they turned inward on themselves and excluded people uh, when God's gospel never excludes anyone. God's gospel is for everyone. And in fact, even from the Old Testament, we see that God's heartbeat was always for the redemption of all mankind, not just uh, the nation of Israel. And so he says, listen, you once were called the uncircumcised. You you know, you were derided by those that thought they were better than everyone else. He's really kind of taking a double stab at the Jews, saying, listen, the Jews thought they were right with God, but really they're in the same boat as you are. They don't know God any better than you do. And so he says, listen, so, you know, that you are, uh, so you're Gentiles of the flesh, but because of what Christ did, that enmity that was between you and God is taken away. What enmity is it? That, it it's the, the enmity of sin. Sin and God can't coexist. John reminds us that in God there is no darkness at all. He says that, listen, if you are children of God, then there shouldn't be any darkness in you either. That you have to be in the light just as he is in the light. That light is one of John's favorite references for, for God and for, for God's people. And so... Paul reminds us that there is this new peace that comes from knowing Christ. Remember that he said earlier in the chapter that it is by grace that you're saved. You've done absolutely nothing to deserve it. In fact, you deserve the opposite. But because of faith, and by the way, Paul even mentions uh, that that faith, even that's not of yourself. Even that's a gift from God that God enables you to have that faith. But once you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and you become that new creature, there's peace between you and God. And I tell you that there is nothing like being at peace. There's nothing being at peace with one another or with God. You know, if if there's uh, strife in the house, it affects everybody, doesn't it? And everybody knows it, whether it's church or or your family home. It's a whole lot better when there's peace, when when everything is is 
together. And, you know, the world, this, by and large, there's not really been a time in, in recent human history where the world's been at peace. There's always been war somewhere. Around, and there are all kinds of fighting and feuding going on uh, around the world today. And that's because the only way to find peace is not through handshakes, not by throwing money at problems. The only thing that can bring peace is the Prince of Peace himself. The only way lasting peace can come to any of us is by coming to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And by the way, when we are at peace with God, then that peace kind of filters out into everything else too, doesn't it? But when that peace with God is not there, every, everything else in our world is shaken up and not together, not where it should be. But God desires peace. And that peace comes because of what Jesus endured on the cross of Calvary. Now he took once there was the separation between man and God. You remember how the, the temple was put together, that there was this big curtain uh, that separated the, the rest of the temple from the Holy of Holies. And it was only the high priest and only one time of year could enter that Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was and the mercy seat was. And You remember it was on that Day of Atonement and he would go and he would tie a rope around his waist in case something happened to him uh, while he was in there, why they could, those that were on the outside could pull him out. You remember when Jesus hung on the cross of Calvary uh, that Good Friday 2,000 and some years ago, uh, nearly that the, the world went dark. And there was earthquakes, and that curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple was torn from top to bottom. In other words, it was split in Paul is reminding us of that truth. That God does not want us far off. He wants us near. Don't, do you want your loved ones far off? We were to ask Miss Gail and our new G-Mama tonight if, if they wanted Alyssa and Walker to sign up for uh, a job in uh, Timbuktu. I never knew where that was, but Mom always threatened to send me and my brother there. Uh, somewhere far away, I know that. If we were to ask them, do you think they'd say yes? Absolutely no. They'd want them as close as can be. And it's just not new babies. If you Anybody that you love, you want them near. Uh, be going to Nashville uh, tomorrow afternoon for a few days for a conference and uh, Leslie and I will be a part. I want to be with her. We'll, we'll talk every day that I'm gone. And she'll especially, she's, she's not here, and we'll, but watch her on Facebook so I can be a little brave. Oh, she'll she'll miss me and she'll say, Oh, Joey, dog, what are we going to do? Aaron's gone. And, oh, my, is it Wednesday yet? When's he coming home? And uh, <laughs> she's probably actually going to throw a party, but I'm just teasing. You know, but when... There's the old saying, absence makes the heart grow fonder. But when you love someone, you want them near. You don't want them far. And you know what? God's that same way. He loves us and he wants us to be near him. And by the way, if we love God, 
we shouldn't want to be far away from it. We should want to be as close as we possibly can be to it. So that brings me to my second point. Is that not only do we have a new peace, but we have a new access. That in the Old Testament, the people would bring their offerings, their sin offerings and other offerings to the priest, and the priest would take them and he would offer them. But because of what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary, we no longer have to bring offerings to the priest. And bloodshed is no longer required because our sin debt is paid. And as the writer of Hebrews aptly reminds us in Hebrews chapter 4, that we can come boldly before the throne of grace in time of need because of what Jesus did for us. And so we are not a far, we're not strangers, but we are family. Now probably most of us, if a stranger came knocking on your door and asked for help, eh, you may or may not answer the door, and you may or may not help. But if your pastor or church family knocked on your door, like I had to do this week when I locked my keys in the office and went outside. Thankfully, Miss Gail lives around the corner, and so I had to call, and I said, Miss Gail, can you please come let me in the church? And she came right along. Why? Because she loves me. And she, Now, if it was a stranger said, Hey, Miss um, Sams, I'm stranded down here at the get-and-go. Can you come... She would have hung up and said, forget you, Joker, because she doesn't know him. But love, a relationship of love, brings people close together. And it brings us closer together to God. And we should want to be near to him. And the great thing is, is because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary, there doesn't need to be any more separation between us and God. Now, by the way, just to chase a rabbit for just a second, I might actually catch it tonight. You know that when we're separated from God, it's not because He's moved. God's the same today as He was yesterday, and He'll be the same tomorrow. It's us that's moved. And most of the time, as we've moved, it's not by accident. It's because we've made a choice. And really, that it never works out. So often we have to learn that lesson the hard way that it's a whole lot better to be closer to God than farther away from Him. That we need Him in our life, and we need Him not just on Sundays, but we need Him every day. In fact, the truth of the matter is we need Him a lot more on Mondays than we do on Sundays and Fridays and Saturdays uh, a lot of times too. Uh, we need the Lord. But if... And the thing is, is that it's not his will. It's not his desire for us to be away from him. And when we find ourselves away from the Lord, it's our, it's our choice, the decisions that we've made. But isn't it wonderful that the grace of God that we talked about so good this morning is so rich and mighty that if we but turn back to the Lord and ask his forgiveness, Scripture says he brings us back just as if we had never left. Wonderful to know. So Paul reminds us, he said, listen, you have this peace that there's no more enmity between you and God, that God's not uh, going to send you, um, you know, to have, that there's peace in this new life with him. 
that you have access to him, that you have, that you can come anytime. As Martha's, I think, got the song, that you ne- we never get an answering machine when we call the Lord. He never says, hold on just a minute, I've got somebody else on the other line. He never says, I'm sorry, I don't have time for you today. He never says, I'm sorry, you've up, used up all your minutes. He's always got time for us, and he always hears, and he always answers our prayers. By the way, remember, no is an answer. We don't like hearing no, do we? But no is just as much an answer as yes is. And sometimes God does deny our prayers. Uh, And sometimes God says, wait a little while, the time is not right. Uh, And sometimes God does answer our prayers, doesn't he? Uh, And then, by the way, we're amazed that he answered, and we're surprised, and Oh, God answered my prayer. Well, of course he did. Uh, We should expect that God answers our prayer. And then finally tonight, Paul reminds us that we have a new foundation. That we have a new building and a new foundation. He says, listen, uh, uh, you know, every building is only as good as its foundation. If the foundation of a house is bad or faulty, that whole house is going to be bad and faulty before long. It might... Uh, look good for a little while, but eventually uh, it's going uh, to crumble because the foundation's not sturdy. And so Paul says, "Listen, you have this a, a new foundation, and God's building and building you together." I want you to notice that that is an ongoing process. This build, he didn't say he's. He built you together. Nor did he say he's going to build you together. Future. He's saying God is building you together. So God is growing us and teaching us and working all things out. Christ is the head of the church and, you know, that chief cornerstone um, that we are fitted together, being And when we come together, notice what he says happens. We become a holy temple of the Lord. That foundation, though, is not us. It's not our last name. It's not even our denomination. But it's Jesus Christ himself. Not only is the the cornerstone, he also needs to be the foundation, doesn't he? He needs to be the source of it. And you know, the the apostles' teaching, what he's talking about are are the gospel that the apostles taught. The teachings of Jesus and the truth that God reveals in the Old Testament and the New Testament ought, ought, ought to be foundational to the way that we live our life. We don't need to ask Dr. Phil... We need to be asking God as we seek to make decisions. So our foundation is new as well. What our life is built upon. And the truth of the matter is, is before we met Christ, the foundation of our life was built on shifting sand, to use Jesus' analogy in the Gospels. You remember that analogy, don't you? Jesus said, listen, if a man chooses to build a house and he builds it on sand, when the storms come, the sand's going to shift, the house is going to fall. 
But Jesus said when a house, when a smart man builds the foundation of a house on rock, when the storm comes, why, the rock's still rock. And it's still stolid. So the house stands. And I tell you that if the foundation of your life and faith and who you are in Christ and how you see yourself in Christ is built on that foundation of Christ and you're trying to live your life according to Scripture and you're walking with the Lord and you're growing with Him. You see, this side of heaven, we haven't fully arrived. As long as we're breathing, there's things that both God is teaching you uh, and helping you to learn, but also there's things for you to do. You're still breathing. There's something that the Lord has for you to do, or you wouldn't be here anymore. So He's always having us learning and doing for His glory and helping to build His kingdom. So He says, Listen, you're not a foreigner. You're not a stranger. You're God's friend and you're God's family in Christ. And so, what a wonderful thing that is. And I tell you that if a denomination or even a, a local church or pastor or Sunday school teacher is your foundation, you're in trouble. But as long as your foundation is Christ, no matter what else comes, you're on solid footing. Aren't you? Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't listen and give respect to our leaders and our pastors and our Sunday school teachers and, because they're, you know, they do a good job and they study hard, try to... You know, bring the word to us, help us to understand. But none of them are Jesus. There's only one. And none of us are him. But praise God, we're going to see him again one day if we live faithfully for him. I hope God will help us and encourage us with that. And so to bring it all home, to sum it up for us, being a child of God, you just can't hide being a child of God. Those new things, those new passions, that redirected passion we talked about this morning, you can't hide that. You can't hide that you're no longer a stranger to God, that you're God's family. You can't hide it. And the more that you walk with the Lord, the more that family resemblance should shine through. Kind of the opposite of the way it works in the human world, isn't it? That little baby Jackson, we see his picture, you can see some of Alyssa and some of Walker in him. But as he grows up, he'll look like his own person. Like Lauren and uh, Tiffany's birthdays are both in December, so their pictures are up on the big screen the same time. There's one particular per picture that you will swear is Lauren Chafin truth of the matter is, it's Tiffany Chafin. Now, they, they still look very much alike, but you can. there's more of a difference. And when Tiffany gets, or Lauren gets Tiffany's age that she is now, and Tiffany gets grandma aged, I, I know, when, when her hair turns gray, you know, and she gets more wrinkles, so they'll, they'll still be family. And there'll still be that resemblance. You see, God intends for us, the more we walk with him, the more we look like Jesus.
unless we look like ourselves. So I hope God will help us to do that. Let's stand together tonight. We'll be dismissed.